Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. I've been doing this podcast since September of 2012, and boy, are my lips tired. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And we're happy. Well, at least I'm happy. It's a Friday, so we're on the weekend. It's a happy time for almost everybody. There aren't too many people who don't like Fridays. A few, perhaps. You know, the ones who have to work Fridays or work Saturdays, they may not like it so much. But I think the rest of the world likes Fridays. So welcome to Friday here on LOA Today. Uh, Debbie is, uh, as most of you know, she's not uh, feeling well. She's dealing with a medical issue. So she's going to be gone for a few weeks. And uh thought Neil might make it today, but he hasn't made it. Maybe he'll drop in and uh, join us a little bit later on, but uh, never fear, we do have a guest joining us today. His name is Angel Preto, and he is the French coach. That's right. He actually teaches people how to speak French. I, I should probably hire him because as he and I were chatting before the show, I got very minimal instruction in French over a course of like eight years in school, and I still didn't learn the darn language. I'd probably learn it from him in two months. So I, I should probably talk to him about that. But I, I'm not even going to take the story away from him. I'm going to let him tell it. Angel, thanks for joining me today. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm great. And uh, as you mentioned, everybody loves Friday. I love Friday because for me, my week is a bit in- inverse compared to regular people week. So for me, Friday is the first day that I work with clients. And ah. I work with my clients Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I do that on purpose so that I'm available when my clients also are. Okay. So my week is a bit different like that um yeah because well, i'm the well, French plus coach. You're, you're you're contacting us today from austria which is where you yes. now live so so you yes. it's like 10 o'clock at night there it you're is. one of these really dedicated people you'll you'll just be there i mean i'm impressed by that that's really something yeah you could say that or you could say i'm a weirdo who has nothing else to do on a friday <laughs> night you know at 10 p.m <laughs> everything is a matter of perspective this is true absolutely true <laughs> yes <laughs> so Angel, give us our back give us your background tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became the french coach yeah absolutely so um i am french for starters in case that's not clear to everyone from the accent <laughs> i've been told yeah, that right. my accent is not very strong but most people can still hear it so i am really french i was born and raised in france i lived in france uh, the first 25 years of my life mm. and um then i moved abroad uh, the reason why i moved abroad originally is because uh, when you have my kind of training which is uh, being a teacher of french as a foreign language that's uh, my master's degree is literally that topic, Mm -hmm. Uh, you have to have work experience abroad uh, before you can even get a job in France. Mm. There are jobs in France in this area, but if you don't have experience abroad, you're just, you're not worthy. (laughs) Okay. Um, And what happens to most people who just go to get experience abroad is that they never come back. (laughs) They never come back, right? (laughs) So, uh, So I'm one of these people. Um, yeah, I've now been 12 years abroad. I have 18 years of experience of teaching French and mm-hmm. I have been running my online business as the French coach for seven years. Very good. So it's a very long story, but I'll give you the, the short version. Yeah, sure. Oh, we love um, stories. That's okay. I have been, so like I said, it's been 18 years I've been teaching French, uh, but originally I was teaching in, in person. Like, of course, there hasn't been 18 years of teaching languages online. It's a relatively recent thing. And at some point, I arrived at the point where I just couldn't find enough um, hours, basically, to make a full-time job. So I branched out, and I ended up working in uh, the startup industry. And then the startup industry being uh, what it is, uh, it's quite unstable. So you just mm. do end up being in and out of jobs. And it's, it annoyed me. And at some point, I was like, okay, these people running startups are not more competent than me at running anything. So I, know I the might feeling. as well <laughs> do it myself. Right. Because it sounds like everybody can do it. And I was wrong, actually. Everybody can do it <laughs> if they have the funding. Yeah, but that I helps. Did not. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, the hardest thing to plan. It really is. Right, mm. right. Uh, but you don't need funding to have a successful business. I mean, I did it with zero funding. Like, it's mm-hmm. not necessary. Uh, but... If you don't have funding, you're going to have to get really good at personal development and you know, trying things, testing, seeing what works, etc. So I did what I think most successful business owners do, that I had the biggest crash course in self-development. And at some point, uh, if you start getting really into personal growth, you can only stumble upon the law of attraction <laughs> and manifesting and this general topic, you know, meditation, etc. You can speak about all of these uh, details. And so at that point, I was still mostly teaching French kind of traditionally, except online. 
because that was the beginning of online platforms like Adhoki. So I saw that there was this possibility. So I just did it. And then through all of my personal development and law of attraction manifesting, which I did, at some point it hit me that the best way to help people learn the language is to merge the personal growth and, and law of attraction kind of um, sure. mindset, you know, all of that thing. It's, I know it's very generic, but it's, there's one aspect of my coaching, which is just coaching and the all is the French language. And when you put them together, it makes some really nice magic. Yeah. And that's how I became the French coach. Okay. Yeah. That, and that makes total sense. I mean, I, I don't think we've ever done an interview or a conversation here on the show where it didn't either start with mindset or go to mindset at some point because everything begins with mindset. Yes. You can't do much with mindset. So yeah, the result. And you start with the wrong mindset and you might as well be starting, you know, with the entire world against you because that's oh, what it really depends amounts on your to. Ability to pivot. Well, if you can pivot, yeah, all that, well, that's the other part. Getting good, basically. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. But, but, oh boy, being in the wrong mindset just can. Yes. But, well, that's how I became. It, still not going anywhere. That's how I started doing this podcast because I, I didn't understand how all that worked. That's why right. I started doing the podcast in the first place because I needed to learn. Mm -hmm. And you learn the hard way in a sense, but you learn yeah, the real the first way. First few years are all tough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, what you described, I thought was a very good description. I, I like the uh, definition of an entrepreneur as being somebody who's thrown out of an airplane with a, a kit for assembling an airplane and he tries to assemble it on the way down to the ground. I mean, that's, that's kind of what it's like. You're like, Oh, I'm in free fall. Help. What do I do? Put the plane together quick. <laughs> and that uh, kind of a feeling. Not to be my cab armor. Most of them never managed to assemble it. Which yeah, is why which, there's such a failure rate in absolutely. businesses, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely true. Yeah. Um, we were also chatting before we got started, and I was telling you about how I theoretically was given French lessons by you know the schools that I was attending, and mm -hmm. in practice, I learned almost nothing. Like I, I can pronounce words. That's about it. Um, but funny. it's. It, it kind of points to a number of different things that uh, I kind of want to bring in here. One of which is that the way people learn has not really changed over the years, but what has changed particularly with the advent of technology is how people are now choosing to learn. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it is for the better. Uh, coaching, for instance, now you do a particular kind of coaching where you're coaching people on a language, but there's lots of different kinds of coaching. And coaching has exploded in popularity, partly because there are so many people who want to be able to share their joys and the things they've discovered and their talents and so forth. And, and partly because it's one-on-one. -on -one. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's really the best kind of learning, learning from somebody else who already knows how to do it in a one-on-one -on -one, uh, situation is the best way to learn anything, in my opinion. So I, I love interviewing coaches partly for that reason. Uh, partly because they help so many different people. But I'm kind of curious, what drew you into the idea of coaching itself? Because that's an interesting, it, it's, it, it's a modern way of doing it, but why why go that route? Yeah, it, it's, um, like I said, it came all from my own personal growth journey through being uh, an entrepreneur and, and building my own business. And because I saw so many coaches for so many different topics and the kind of results that they could get, I was like, okay, that is the way to go. That is the thing that's missing in the current methods for language learning is really looking at the goal of the one client and getting them to that goal. The best definition of coaching that I ever, that I ever heard was that a coach is a vehicle and it's the thing like the person, but you know, think person is what helps you go from A to B faster. Mm -hmm. It's a vehicle, meaning if you had done it on your own, maybe you'd have gotten there on foot, sure. uh, but it would have taken you taken you a lot longer um, to achieve what you want to achieve. And, and sadly, with language learning, particularly if you're an English speaker and you're an adult and you have never learned a foreign language, you might never get there because you just don't have the right reflex, the right uh, methods, the thing that will work. So that's the job of the coach to bring that to you, to tell you, okay, like in your situation, this is how you get there faster. Which and is very uh, good. and, that, and it... th that's how I, I got into um, coaching. And, and it's not like there are not alternative ways to learn. I mean, there, the language apps have been very popular for a number of years mm -hmm. now, Duolingo and Babbel, and I can't remember what all the other ones are. Um, I remember, I don't remember which one it was. I, I downloaded one of them and I figured, well, I'm, I'm just going to play around with 
learning some Spanish because there are a lot of Hispanics here in the U.S. And it was kind of interesting. I, I kind mm-hmm. of picked up a little bit. I still can't speak Spanish. Um, <laughs> you have no idea. It happens almost every week that I meet a new person who's like, oh, I've been doing Duolingo for two years. I can't speak any sentence. Can't, can't speak it, right? And, and I, I can explain it very easily, you know, as like the expert in French learning. Right. Um, the apps are really cool. Uh, they're often, you know, shiny, colorful. They are entertaining. Mm-hmm. They are really good at getting you to come back because that's the main thing in the tech industry. And I should know right. the former tech industry worker, right? Oh, okay. So we have um, that in common too. It's, yeah, yeah. It's about making you come back and, and using the app. Their goal is for you to use the app. My goal is for you mm-hmm. to speak French. So that's one mm-hmm. thing already. And another thing you have to take into account is that most apps are not at all centered on the human aspect on actually talking to people. Right. And there's one thing, like if you want to learn a human language, the key is that you have to speak to someone, to an right. actual human person. Otherwise, how do you want it to work? And for some reason that got lost in translation. <laughs> in translation, right. Double meaning there. <laughs> and it's, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised at all because I've been in the inside of the tech industry. I know how they think, but it's just, it's not conducive to, the person achieving their goal and oh now i caught the second half of the thought i had before about coaching is that um so like i said i have my master's degree in um french as a foreign language so teaching french as a foreign language and even my specification is in french for specific purposes so i was trained to like orient the teaching towards the goal of the client but Mm -hmm. when i was in university and i think to most places in the world, it was only done for big groups of clients, meaning like for us, the client was Hotel Accor, which is a French group of hotel or sure. a, um, hospital or whatever really big industry where they have a lot of workers, which they can put on a, on a, you know, a group class and have someone mm-hmm. teach to them the specifics of their work. But to my knowledge, no one besides me has ever just been crazy enough to take that and do it for every single individual client. When I get a new client, the first thing I do is to make a learning plan for them, like mm-hmm. individually. And as to my knowledge, I'm the only one in the world uh, doing that. And of course, that makes a big difference because if, say, you have to learn only 20% of the language to be completely operational uh, and you, you try to learn the 100%, well, it's five times longer, right? Yeah, but sure. if someone can just shortcut it for you and you have like all those 20%, it's five times shorter. So it's also part of coaching that, you know, go from A to B with your actual goal. You, well, you call it crazy. I call it intelligent. And Thank the reason you. I, I really do. <laughs> uh, and, and I'll give you a, a, a metaphor uh, to, to describe why I think that's true. I'm very much into social dancing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I actually have been away for it for a number of years. I'm now getting into it again. Um, nice. I went to take a dance class last night. Um, I'm going to a dance tonight. And one of the things that I've, I'm recalling vividly going to that class last night, which was basically a refresher for me, was how important it is to learn and practice dance steps with a partner. I can't imagine sense. trying to learn like from a book or from an app. It would be mm-hmm. impossible. You have to have that human connection in order to dance with a partner properly. Yeah. You can have it explained to you all you want. You can write articles about it. You can write, watch videos. There are plenty of YouTube videos on the subject, but you're not going to learn it until you're doing it with a partner. It's not going to happen. And I imagine that the same thing is sense. true with language. Yes. I would say uh, it, definitely it is true uh, with the language. And that makes me want to plug in my four-step method uh, because it's. I have a method which is in four-step. It's kind of like, manifesting you have to run those four steps again and again Tell like us about the, them. the steps are selection activation immersion and safe practice and if you were to do only the first three steps you could have a lot of language learned in your brain mm-hmm. but if you don't practice and if you don't practice you know safely uh, you will never be able to get it out and that's actually the situation that many many people are in is that they have a lot more french in their brain then they are able to get out. And maybe it's even your situation because you said you've been in class for eight years. Well, that was eight years ago. I can't even remember the words anymore. Let me tell you, it's been a while. (laughs) Well, nothing is ever really forgotten. It's just that your brain is like, oh, that's useless and just puts it in the back. But you you can recall and, you know, meditation techniques and so that can help you recall easier. And I've had so many experiences where I'm with a relatively new to me client 
you know, one-on-one -on -one practicing and suddenly they say something and it's someone who has had some French like, like you, you know, a number of years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, sometimes. And we are just practicing a few things that I have, you know, taught because I input some words and suddenly they brought out something that I have never taught. And they're like, I don't know where that came from. It came because you learned it ages ago and the brain was mm -hmm. like, oh, I can use this. Yeah, right. <laughs> it happens, it happens time and time again. And I love to use uh, meditation. I have meditation tracks on my YouTube channel. For example, it's Angel Preto, the French coach. Okay. Um, as a way to relax the brain, because when you're relaxed, you will, will be, it will be easier to recall and to speak basically. And mm -hmm. honestly, when you're relaxed, it's easier to do anything. If you're tense, you can't. Sure. Which is also one of the reasons why the school system is a problem because who can remember being relaxed at school, right? Especially <laughs> as a teenager. Well, especially, especially with my French teacher. She was a horror. Oh, she was oof, very, was she was very, a, very, very old school. And that was, was a common story, sadly. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately. I mean, she knew her French for sure, but oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So There's a difference I, between knowing something and being able to teach it. Right? Yeah. yeah. There's a big, big difference. But there's also, I think this is uh, kind of going back to my point about the um, uh, the dancing with, with a partner and actually dancing with them. I think the same thing holds true when you're learning to speak a language and you're, and you're learning with somebody and talking back and forth. Mm -hmm. As much as we're trying to use the language skills themselves, so much of our communication is nonverbal body language it's yes. context and when you're trying to learn a language and you and you're reaching for a phrase or a word sometimes that body language can actually cue it for you because we draw those associations yes. oh yes that means say this and i, I mm -hmm. imagine that's like a major part of why it is that you're able to achieve really fast results just by working on someone one-on-one -on -one. and i don't really focus on body language myself because it's not my um it's not my specialty, I would sure. say, but definitely. Well, I don't think you really have to. It's just, it's, that's just, just going to be part of the process. Yeah. It absolutely participates to the process. There is the statistics that states that, uh, only 7% of what we want to convey or what we convey is the actual word. Right. Meaning 93% is body language. Mm -hmm. And most of my clients are either American or Canadian. They are all, almost all are English native speakers. Mm -hmm. And those who aren't are English speakers who have learned English. So we all pretty much occidental or like Westerners or sure. at least trained in the West, which means that the body language that we use is not very different from one another. Right. Right. So sometimes, you know, we, with language people will tell you, okay, like body language is a double-edged sword because you can have gestures that mean something vastly different in another culture. But in my experience is the exception, not the rule, the way that you show express, show emotions with your face and so on. That's relatively standard. And so that definitely helps a lot. But for that, you need to be quite relaxed so that your mm. body language is natural. So that ties back with what we were saying before is that it's important to be comfortable. And that's yeah. also the reason why I insist so much on the safe practice. You know, in my, in my four step method, the last step is safe practice. It's not yeah, just you, to complete the, uh, the letters S A I S, which means to know in French. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also that's, because that's right. Oh, that, yeah. Really See, important. now there it is. It, it, it queued in as soon as you said that. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that word now. Yes. Like <laughs> says, I know. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, so you, you've mentioned the, the fourth component, the safe part a few times now. Yes. Why safe? Why is that important? So it's because, uh, like you said, your, your teacher was very old school and it was not comfortable at all. Uh, but you can only learn if you're in a comfortable environment. If you are, if you are threatened, if you are at risk, uh, if there are potential bad consequences, it would be extremely difficult for you to learn. And it will be extremely difficult for you to dare to apply the recent things that you have learned. And that's why I insist so much on providing a safe space for my clients, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or in the group setting, like we are here to make mistakes. That's the mm. whole point. If you don't make mistakes, I cannot teach you anything. I love it's, that. It's, I love that. It's really straightforward. Like the whole of my coaching method is based on using the mistakes that you make, either because a mistake will show one of two things. Either it's because it's something that I have tried to teach you before, which you have not yet integrated. So of course I need that feedback because I need to input a bit more of that thing so you get another chance to integrate it. So that's one element of the mistakes. Or 
best mistakes ever are when you try to say something they haven't thought yet. And in the process, you make a mistake because there you show that, oh, I can teach this new thing. You're ready. So the way that school treats mistakes is so bad. No, I agree. This idea that you shouldn't be making a mistake. Like, I would not, I would be out of a job if no one ever made a mistake because <laughs> either they speak perfectly so they don't need me or they never speak at all. And right. I don't have nothing to work with, you know? Yeah. So yeah, the, the safe space is extremely important. And besides that, I have also people that I work with who have uh, extremely high stakes in, mm. in their job. You know, they are, they'll be diplomats sometimes in countries at war because there are French speaking countries sure. at war in Africa in particular. Sure. Uh, it's people, you know, charity leaders, it's uh, international business people, mm -hmm. um, people that work with the United Nations, people that work with the British government, you name it. And it's all people who work in hospitals, which like sometimes I don't think of them immediately with like high stakes, but they kind of have people's lives in their hands. Yeah, I would, I'd count that in there. Sure. It's a big deal. And they don't really get a chance to take risks and make mistakes in real life. Like life is happening. You have to, you have to deal with it. So it's important to have a space and, and a container, which is where you can expand. And then once you have practiced a couple of times in a safe space, you know, a particular, you know, way of speaking, for example, then you can use it because then you have confidence. So that's a, a stepping stone to build confidence to do it in real life. So it's really oriented towards real life, contrary to most language learning alternatives. So, so this is really a, a cornerstone of the mindset piece. Mm -hmm. the, the, the safety concept yes. is a big, big portion of establishing that mindset from the beginning. Yes, ab absolutely. So I acknowledge that a lot of situations are not safe and that you shouldn't be pretending that they are because mm -hmm. it, like, you know, it's all about mindset, but sometimes reality resists, you know, like there are things sure. you, you can't just like, think your way into a completely alternate reality like you have your actual job to do right so yeah it's important to you know sometimes separate the space and and a lower space where this feeling of safety can materialize and sometimes it's hard because well for one thing my clients are all adults so they have already existing patterns of not feeling safe it's not like they're sure. three years old and even maybe at three years old it's already too late i don't know i'm not child development specialist um, but anyway, my clients are way past the point where they have already experienced what it is to not be feeling safe. Right. So it's not as easy as saying, okay, this is a safe space, be safe. <laughs> but it's, you know, repeatedly affirming that, yes, like we are here to make mistakes. Not only it's okay to make mistakes, but it's even necessary. And, and approved of. I think that's part of what Absolutely. we need as human beings. We need, we need the sense of approval. It's okay. Not only is it okay, I want you to please make mistakes. Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, I, I Elon Musk is, who's a very, Elon Musk is a very, very controversial figure, especially now with his purchase of Twitter. But I yeah. tell you, one of the things I love about him is that he teaches his engineers make mistakes early and often. He wants them, like when he was, he's building the, uh, the SpaceX rockets, right? Mm -hmm. He wanted them to find as many different ways to blow up rockets as possible, as soon as possible. In fact, they even made video reels of them, of all the different blowups that they had you know, to kind of take all the pressure off because he wanted them to just dive right in and figure out how does all this stuff work optimally? And the only way to do that is to make mistakes. So same concept, sure. same idea. Yeah. So tell us about, I mean, we've hammered on the fourth one pretty good here, but tell us about the other three uh, pillars of your, of your approach. Yes. So that's very, that's very low of attraction now when you think about it. So it's selection, activation, immersion, and safe practice. So selection uh, means I touched on it a little bit that uh, if you have a particular job, there will be things you need to, to be able to know in French and all the rest, you don't need to know it, right? So that's the macro level of it. And the micro level of it is that every time you, you study a little bit more, you have to select what you're going to study. So each session that I have with a person, or it's also the case in the group session, um, I will give new vocabulary, explain new grammar points, and that is me selecting something to teach to the person. That is very important to select the right things because otherwise the whole of our steps are useless because you're working on the wrong thing in the first place. And that's definitely like not to like bash any alternative, but I just, I don't like any pre-made method because they teach somewhat randomly. So yeah, selection mm -hmm. is really super important. Mm -hmm. The second is activation. 
Um, we have uh, in the brain, as you probably know, something known as the reticular activation system. Oh, yes. So the word of activation is in there, right? And that's the thing that uh, as soon as something has been put into your awareness through selection and activation, you will see that thing everywhere. Yeah. So traditional example is, oh, you decide to buy a new car. You decide exactly. on, a, on a make and brand and, and a color, and then suddenly they're everywhere. Right. Like, you know, that blue Mercedes there, you never saw one before, but now they're everywhere. That's it. And, it, and it's the same with, uh, with a language. So you selected an element of the language. You're learning, say, a particular verb or a particular tense or a particular mm-hmm. way of speaking. You have it selected, then you have it activated, meaning basically explained to you. Mm-hmm. then you will be able to see it in the third step, which is immersion. So immersion means that basically you learn the language because it's around you. Think about it. If English is your native language, you learned it as a child because everybody was speaking English and it didn't even come to your mind to not speak English. Right. Yeah. If you're the only a regular option, human, you know, it's just yeah. it's what you do. It's how the brain works. It will happen in the same way uh, in the, with a foreign language, assuming that you don't block it. So, I'm, I'm personally convinced that for some people, it's possible to learn a language through immersion alone, but it takes a particular mind frame, I think. Uh, for most people, you need all four steps. So I, I think that's have, true. Yeah. Oh, and Neil's joining us here. <laughs> hey, there he is. How you hey. doing, Neil? Hey, hey, can you hear me okay? Uh, we hear you just fine. Neil, meet Angel. Nice meeting you, Neil. Nice to meet you. I'm sorry for my tardiness, man. Life. No worries. Life just jumps at you sometimes and you just jump back. <laughs> it does indeed. It does indeed. Yeah, we've, we've been talking about Angel's uh, approach to how he uh, coaches people on learning the French language. And uh, he's also been tying in some of the, the law of attraction concepts that, that, tie, that tie in directly to his approach. So we've been enjoying that very much. So Angel, before we, we bring Neo in, let's, let's finish what you were saying. Cause I want to make sure we finish that particular. Right. Segment. So, I mean, that was pretty much like we have the four steps. So the first one is selection, right? You select what you want to learn. It's very important. If you select the wrong thing or if you don't select anything, you're going to waste your time. The second one is activation. That's the way to like tell your brain, okay, we're looking for this now, your subconscious mind, right? Um, and then immersion is where you're going to be subconsciously looking for things. So for each one of my clients, I will uh, go out of my way and look for YouTube channels or podcasts or um, sources in French that are in French for French people or for French speakers that are about their particular profession, their line of work, their interests, or anything that could uh, possibly be interesting for that particular client. So I know I have a database of YouTube channels with everything from uh, fly fishing to uh, fashion. <laughs> You know, just because I look for my client's interests, because mm-hmm. that's what they're going to use for immersion. Oh, okay. A good way to learn a language kind of passively is to watch the things that you would have watched anyway, just in that language. Mm-hmm. Or if you're into video games, for example, just like switch it to French. It helps a lot, you know? So all of that is part of immersion. There are plenty of different techniques that you can use, but the baseline is, okay, you have to have French or your target language around you as much as you possibly can. Okay. That, that makes sense too, because a lot of people who are immigrants to a country, they'll show up in the country. They don't know the language and they'll watch the television yeah. because they're, they're, they're just picking it up by, you know, listening to what's going on in the television. And, and it works for them because they also have a very strong uh, reason to want to learn the language because it's, it's their country now and oh, they yeah. have to integrate. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the I, ideal situation, except for the fact that it's often very traumatizing. Yes. I should know I've been speaking in German. I've been living in German speaking country for 12 years. Now I avoid speaking German as much as possible, even though I can. (laughs) Because that's the the importance of the fourth step, which is safe practice. And so I I spoke about it a lot before. And it's just like being, some people do it. They just go to a foreign country. And in fact, I'm one of those people. (laughs) They just go to a foreign country like, whatever, I'll find a way to learn. You'll find a way, but it probably won't be comfortable. You know, I mean, if you can do it and you'll be fine, you'll be fine with it, like more power to you. I'm not trying to dis. Sure. Oh yeah. I'm not trying to dissuade you. Like it's great, but some people just need a bit more of a handholding, so to speak, coaching basically. Coaching. And, yeah. and like I said, a lot of people also have a job where they can't really afford to make, you know, random mistakes and, and, and to stumble through. The and, and that's where the coaching is valuable. You know? You, yeah. That's where you really need the one-on-one for that because yeah. they need to be brought up to speed quickly. 
They, yep. they, they need to start integrating it right away. They need to see the, the results fast because of mm-hmm. their work of what they're doing. So yeah, that makes total sense. Now we mentioned earlier that, uh, when you were exploring the overall space and deciding to go into the coaching sphere, um, that you, among other things, discovered the whole law of attraction thing. Yes. I imagine uh, you've already made some reference to it through meditation and, and a couple of other things, but I imagine that that kind of colored the way you put your coaching program together. But tell us about that piece of it a bit. Yeah, um, absolutely. There is in my group program a whole workshop, which I think is over two hours long, about all of the manifestation and law of attraction techniques that you can use for learning French. Mm-hmm. I think there are 27 of them. I don't remember. I'm quoting that top of my head. <laughs> and that workshop was actually requested by uh, by the students in that program because oh. the way that I created the program originally is I was making a new workshop every month. And every month, uh, the students got to vote for their preferred topic. And one day it just occurred to me that it was possible to do that, you know, um, like really like pull it all together, all the manifestation techniques that you can use. And I put that on my list of stuff that they could vote for. And they voted for it and they picked it for the next month. <laughs> and worse, they did that two months in a row because during that workshop, I said, okay, one of the techniques that you can use is energy clearing, okay, uh-huh. through meditation and so on. I also have a track for that on my YouTube channel now. And so I was like, hey, if you're interested, we could make another workshop over that. And guess what? Next month, boom, energy clearing <laughs> for learning French. So, um, yeah, that has been a particular uh, color. It depends a bit from client to client. I do have clients that are more receptive, receptive to it uh, than others. So I, I will uh, definitely uh, lean more towards this direction if my client is very receptive to it. And those that are more old school approach, I will do it more discreetly. Uh, for example, I do meditate before, uh, almost before every session. I, yeah, I try to do it before every session on what I want to, to transmit to the client and the kind of results that I want to have. And more often than not, it works like that. It's like, okay, like this is the goal that I have. We're going to do this and this. And yeah. It, so it's a pre-paving kind of a thing. Yeah. It's a, absolutely pre-paving, but that's just me doing it uh, mm-hmm. my, myself on my own before the session. Right. But right. I also give... The meditation tracks to the clients, especially those who are receptive to it, and be like, okay, like use it so that they can prepave on, on their own. Can I ask you to give an example of exactly what is going on in your mind during your pre phone call, pre meeting meditation, and how long you go for? It? I'm gonna let Neil get do the questioning for a bit. I, I have to go take care of a cat, I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, um, it's, it's absolutely not long, uh, especially now that I'm really trained. Uh, it's a uh, couple minutes maximum. I'm just you know, I'm sitting in my chair this very chair, uh, I'll most of the time close my eyes and I'll um, just, you know, center myself. Uh, you can use grounding, you know, balancing your own energy to make sure you're not interfering. Um, and then I will uh, visualize the client. If I suspect or I perceive that they are a bit um, unsettled, I will ground them as well. And then I will visualize uh, transmitting things typically through a channel of light. Um, and sometimes I will also visualize like a reaction. Um, if, uh, like, for example, I will, I love to visualize the client being like, Oh, that was so helpful. I'm so happy we learned this or this or that. Like I really needed, needed this. And yeah, when I do that, I almost always have the exact same uh, thing happening on the session. So I will basically visualize the session as energy. The session is one hour. I will vis- visualize the whole session in maybe uh, one minute of, of, you know, visualizing an energy stream between me and the client. And how do you ground yourself? I, I visualize uh, light going down in the ground from me, from the my center. So from the chakras, typically, uh, root chakra or sometimes from the heart. Okay, nice, nice. Any morning or nightly rituals that you do, affirmations, anything? Uh, it, it changes... It changes a bit. Uh, I suspect I have ADHD, so I'm not really able to maintain a routine for years and years. Uh, I used to beat myself up a lot for that, but now I've accepted it. Um, so it, it tends to change. Um, I think the... I'm healthy myself. I really do. Because I, I change all the time. And I think mm-hmm. it, it really is a way of saying you're in touch with what your needs are that day. Yes. If you're not changing, you're not growing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so your, your affirmations, you know, you want a car, you get that car. Now you're changing it to something else. Mm-hmm. The next car, the contract. Sure. So if you're not changing, you're not growing yet. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan of changing them, but I will say this kind of all stays in the same area. I'll change affirmations, but they're still affirmations. 
I've mm-hmm. changed breathing techniques, but I'm still going to sit tight, quiet, and breathe. Um, right. I'll change how I get out of the bed, like one foot at a time, saying thank and you, you know, versus, you know, some other thing. But uh, for the most part, it's kind of like the same. I set intentions and um, visualize them as though they already happened, like you said, with your meetings. Yeah. And a little bit of stretching and stuff like that. But, yeah, that's still... Oh, I, I definitely do uh, sun salutation almost every morning. So just that. When you say sanitation, we think of hand uh, sun, sun salutation. It's a yoga thing. Describe it, please. Um, it's a series of yoga postures. Takes oh, me about five okay. minutes. Okay. Uh, it's, it's called the sun salutation. Yeah. Nice. But I wouldn't consider that part of a law of attraction practice. And I also do energy clearing on myself every day, more than once a day, but it's not really morning or evening. It's just where I'm like, oh, <laughs> would be nice to uh, clear a bit my energy because I'm, you know, in between tasks or sometimes when I'm cooking, it's just, it's kind of random. Like at this stage, it's very organic and flowy. I used to be much, try to be much more structured um, before, but I find that it actually works just as well if it's not structured for me. It could be different for another person. And how, how is the U energy clear? Is it the same as the grounding with the light or you do something different? Yeah, it's pretty much the same. So I will often clear my chakras. I like to use chakra clearing music on YouTube. You, you can, you know, you type uh, chakra tune up or something like that. You'll find a track that, that goes from like seven minutes to an hour or more than an hour. Sometimes you can like, use a short one. It works. Um, so I use that a lot. Uh, I use a technique that's from Chrissy Marie Sheldon, which actually I also have a track on my uh, on my channel. Uh, I think it's written Chrissy Marie Sheldon style of, of energy clearing. And you can use that. You connect uh, to the earth and the universe, you know, cosmos, like connect above and below, basically. Um, and you visualize energy flowing through your channels, and then you can use that energy to clear any kind of blocks or when anything you don't feel good about, basically. Amazing. To feel clear, yeah. I got. I, I absolutely need to implement more energy clearing into my life, especially the past six hours. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if Walt asked you this earlier, but how did you first learn about the law of attraction? Yeah, I, I think I answered this question earlier uh, briefly. Basically, uh, seven years ago, I started my online business, and it's my it's my first business, uh, especially that I run full time. I did have a small business when I was younger, uh, but it was just a really side thing, and that's my first big serious business. And uh, as I was saying, when you start a business, you basically have a crash course in personal growth because you have to get up to speed with a lot of things fast. And when you do a lot of personal growth, you inevitably stumbled upon the law of attraction. I, I don't think it's possible to <laughs> get into personal development without, you know, and you, you can just reject it. Like I'm sure some people just sure. never deal with it, but you can't not see it. It's everywhere. And because I was not in the mood for rejecting anything, I still am not, to be honest. I'm just very curious about pretty much everything I find. I'm like, hmm, manifesting, interesting. You're saying you can do things through the power of your mind. I don't believe you, but I never believe anything. Plus, there are many things that have <laughs> happened in my life in the last 10 years that I would never have believed. So bring it on. I'm going right, to Right, right. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> and I, do, I didn't done that with everything. I mean, the energy clearing method that I uh, just shared with you, um, it's, it's originally from Christine Marie Sheldon, who's a Mind Valley author. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, I was like, hey, you say you can do this. Bring it on. And sometimes the actual, it actually works. Like I have a hypnotherapist that I, that I have been working with for over four years now. And we, we met in one of those personal, uh, development, actually manifesting class with Dennis Duffield Thomas, if you know her. Uh, and at that time I was having just basically chronically tired mm-hmm. and I met her and she told me, yeah, normally I can deal with that in one session. I was like, <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> I've been tired my entire life. You're telling me you like, we sit together for one hour and you do some sorcery and, and, and it, it's gone. It's like, yes. Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> and like I said, it's been four years we worked together. So you can imagine how well she proved it. Yeah, you know? apparently. So yeah. yeah, shoot out. Her name is Jackie McGinn. If you're looking for a great hypnotherapist, she's amazing. That's fabulous. Yeah. If, if, if you see the private chat over there, put some of these links in there so I can, 
share them, but mostly so I can use them for myself. <laughs> yes, I, I, I can I can type her words. Her yeah, name. Right in private. Yeah. Yes, she's my. Well, I never asked friends. you before. Before you knew about the law of attraction, were you a skeptic or were you generally open to new oh. things, person? God, yeah. Are you kidding? well? I I was aware of the concepts involved in law of attraction long before I heard the phrase law of attraction. I didn't hear about law of attraction until the secret came out. But I was aware of, you know, the positive thinking and the meditation and so forth dating back to the 1980s. Were you a believer? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. I, I remember the very first one that I, I, uh, the first author I ever became exposed to in this general area was Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, which is a, a classic. And I remember there were pieces of it that I couldn't quite reconcile because I didn't really get the spiritual side. I didn't believe in the spiritual side. I thought it was a bunch of nonsense. And there was one point in the book, I can't, I can never remember. I have to go back and look at the book again to remember where this is. But there's one particular point in the book where he says, if you understand what it is I'm talking about here, I don't have to explain this to you. And as soon as I read that, I said, I don't explain it. I don't understand it. Explain it to me. And he didn't explain it. No. <laughs> so, so that was, a, that was like the first example of getting frustrated with the whole thing. And then later on, I became involved in a multi-level marketing company where it was kind of an Amway sort of a thing. And you know, you'd go to the big meeting and they'd have all the people who are, you know, cheering you and getting, getting you up on your feet and you're making a lot of noise and getting your adrenaline going and all that kind of stuff. And I wasn't, I mean, I was doing it because that's what you do when you're in that environment. But that's a piece of my, my mind, back of my mind saying, this is a bunch of hooey. Why are we doing this? It doesn't make any sense to me. And I was selling a product. The product I was I was trying to sell was actually W. Clement Stone, who is one of the leaders in this field, and and uh, he was Jack Canfield's mentor. Um, it was his original product that he had made his millions, his billions off of. Um, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. <laughs> and of course, you're inundated with Clement Stone's teachings. We actually heard from him. He was 99 years old. This was the year that he came and spoke to us. And, uh, it was, it was a very interesting experience to hear him talk, but ultimately I, when I went out and tried to sell my very first day to sell, I succeeded and I failed every other day after that. And the reason goes back to what Angela and I were talking about at the beginning. My mindset was wrong and they didn't know how to teach mindset. So long story short, I came through that whole experience saying, well, this stuff doesn't work. Mm hmm. And it wasn't until the 2008 financial crisis, which was uh, shortly after I first saw The Secret, that I kind of said, well, I'm open to it now because my business that I've been running got wiped out by the 2008 financial crisis. My wife's business got wiped out by the 2008 financial crisis. Our entire income went poof in a month period. I'm willing to listen to almost anything at that point. Kind of like you, Angel, you're, you're, you're starting your business. You're willing to absorb anything. Your curiosity is open. And once those curiosity gates open, then you're, you're willing to pay attention. So that's the long answer to your question. You know, like, no, I resisted it for the longest time until I was so desperate. I said, I got to learn. <laughs> you know, I had so many people and influences, coaches that are just like, be positive or stay positive. Mm-hmm. I never had heard of visualizing or see it this way mm-hmm. until the movie Any Given Sunday, which must which was my senior year in high school. But growing up, you know, my richest family member was miserable. Mm-hmm. That, that's what most people remember yeah. about that. And um, all the people that I saw were happy, you know, growing up in the hood. They didn't have no money. They didn't have no car. They were catching a bus and they were just trying to enjoy their lives. So the concept of being positive to better your future just was, uh, just yeah, it's just smoke and mirrors. Um, but the second I, cause the secret, the movie starts and somebody's running through some Egyptian tunes. I'm like, oh, what is this? What is this? I'm, <laughs> mind you, I'm expecting it to be a SWAT team movie. My partner in the police department gave to me. Um, I'm like, what is this? But shortly after that, they kind of like, hit you with it and the very first time it was explained a bunch of puzzle pieces I guess you could say like Tetris they mm-hmm. were all messed up with gaps and holes and they just said and shipped it into place 
yeah. and made a block in everything I had ever been through, everything I was going to go through, all just made sense. Mm. All just fit together in one piece. And I was a fan immediately at that point. And now, did I, you get it? Because when I saw The Secret, I was intrigued, like I described. I mean, oh, I've no, opened I almost anything at that point, but I still didn't quite get it, even after seeing the movie. Did you get it? I got it. because you I did. Remember, yeah, I think I've told you before, like before my football games on in high school, so my senior year in football and my junior year, I would go out to the field and I would just stand there and I would stare at the field. And for me, I was going over the plays that I was going to do, but I wasn't going over the plays. I was going over what I was going to do. Mm. You know, it's one thing to try to memorize a playbook and, and repetition, repetition, but it's another thing to say, okay, post pattern, catch the ball, get the right there. 10 yard out, catch the ball right there. That's not a play that's in the playbook. That's something I do. And so I, that was one of my first examples in my mind, like, oh my goodness, I've, I've been doing these visualization techniques for a very long time. And when life gets me down, I'm not just positive about it. This is back before the law of attraction. I'm not just positive about it. When life says, no, you can't have it, I've always been driven to see myself with it more and resist that. What do you mean, no, I can't have it? My teachers told me I wasn't going to amount to nothing. They told me I would never leave the hood and I'd probably be dead by the time I was 21. That's what they told every kid in the school except for the really smart females. You know, so, but every single time they said it, something in me was saying, nah. And I would vision myself on stage, mm. you know, and then even like being a cop, there's no stages, no. but it was still there. And now I'm on stages. Actually, yeah. I just got back from New York. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that another dental conference? The biggest one in the country, 50,000 people got to look at this shirt uh-huh. <laughs> and then they got to look at it on the back. There we go. All right. I love it. <laughs> it's amazing. When you walk into a crowd like that, and I and you know the dental conferences I've been to have been like a thousand people, so it's very rare to kind of see them in amongst fifty thousand sea of people. And so you walk in and you're like, okay, who am I going to talk to? Who's going to think this is, you know, hippie stuff? And it's just like, what am I even doing here? And then that voice, <laughs> that voice I was telling you last night that I sung that song to and appreciated, it was like, just walk. And I was like, and I, you know me, I'm an intuitive guy. All right, just walk. Mm-hmm. And then you see someone's eyes go right here. Right. And they lock in on it. Yeah. And it's more than they just read it. They, it, it, it jogs a memory in their brain. And I see that. You're my next target. I'm, I'm pouncing on you like, like a <laughs> tiger. <laughs> but no, we end up having these great conversations. I end up with stacks of business cards and, you know, had to go into people's offices and, and cheering people up and, you know, making whole groups of people check themselves daily, hourly. And I could say by the negative thought and, and it's just a beautiful thing. So yeah, it was, it was a weekend full of meeting people and shaking hands. And then literally it would end at five o'clock and there would be three different after parties and you just go to all three and just do more networking. Except you have a cocktail in your hand. That's, that's the only thing. So yeah, I did that Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, and we, I flew home Wednesday. Um, amazing experience. Some amazing people. The dental world has been so receptive to this concept. Um, I'm just uh, extremely appreciative for everything right now. That's fabulous. That's really good. As you're describing that, I'm actually thinking about what Angel and I were talking about a little while ago. Um, I mean, he doesn't he, he he doesn't do it in the context of going to a conference and holding cocktails and so forth. But when you're talking about how you, you can see the person zero in and, and then you, you, you kind of reach on, on that channel. I know that sounds very much like what you were talking about when you, when you zero in on a client and, and what their particular needs are and that, and that you actually hone your curriculum to that particular client for that particular yeah. session. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's basically understanding what the client is, where the client is coming from, where they're going. And you can actually just like turbocharge the process if you do it like in the 3d reality well like i i will ask questions you know i'll get answers like vocally uh write it down and when i make the roadmap for someone it's like it's everything is a 3d process but then you can layer in an energy uh like zoning in and connecting to the client energetically and that also helps uh transmitting that's really, really good. Now you got to tell us a little bit about, um, the package. You got, you've got a, a, a course, you've got the coaching. Tell, tell us how all that works. 
Yes. So I've tried many different things over the years uh, as I was growing my business and I've really uh, zeroed in on now two different options, which is either working with me one-on-one or the group program. But they're mm-hmm. not very separate because everybody who works with me one-on-one is also invited in the group program. And the group program has a lot of recorded content that everyone has access to at every time, as long as you're a member. And the difference is just that if you're working one-on-one with me, you will get to choose your time. So I work with clients Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Um, I'm in Europe time zone, so it's going to be rather early during the day for my American clients. Um, and then they're also invited to the uh, group class, which is every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern time mm-hmm. or 8 a.m. Pacific. Um, and and I encourage everybody to come if they are available. But then, you know, I will just fine tune the, the curriculum to um, to the needs of every person. And everything is recorded. So if you have one-on-one sessions, you will have them in a folder just for you, never to be shared with anyone else ever. Uh, I take notes during the session as well. So you have the notes taken by me, you have the recording, uh, and you can just access all of this at any time. And you have your own uh, curriculum that is made by me, including the routine that you should follow. So we fine tune the routine so it fits with minimal disturbance in your existing life. The curriculum that we're going to study. And uh, like I said, I look for YouTube channels and podcasts and generally things that will allow you to have your immersion even if you are never in a French speaking country, which, you know, some of my clients are always in France. Some of my clients are never in a French speaking country. Some of my clients right. go, you know, back and forth. And we just always find a way to adjust, um, to, to their existing life and, and make the most of it. Um, so that's, that's one option. And then some people who like that's, if you need to speak French fast, because you have something to do, you know, next year or even right now, like you have a new job and you need to speak French. You mm. were not prepared. You discovered yesterday that you have to do it. Um, that's what I recommend. And if you're more just interested in learning French, but you don't have a very tight deadline, then you can take it more easy and just join my group program. And uh, you'll be with me every Sunday. You'll have access to the whole library. Uh, everything is recorded. We also have a Discord server, which is basically a community. It used to be a Facebook group. Uh, but we found that it was very distracting. It was just not immersive at all. Facebook was just mm. always in your way. Um, so we looked for an alternative and uh, I chose a Discord server because I had seen people run Discord servers very successfully. It's mostly known uh, from by people who are either in tech or in uh, video games, which I guess is kind of the same thing. But you can <laughs> use it for anything and it, it works really well. I like this way of uh, of having community. So you can always tag me if you have a question and you're in, in any of my programs through that uh, and then it's recorded and everybody can uh, access that. So there is a search function. So you can look up if your question has been asked. If it hasn't, tag me, ask it, I'll answer it. Which is handy. Yeah. And we'll touch on the, uh, this last point at the end as well. But um, tell people, how do they find the program? How do they find the program? So my website is frenchfrency.net. And then you have like a search bar at the top. If you click on coaching, you will have the, the two options uh, down in that little menu. Or if you want to put direct links in the show notes, you have frenchfrency.net slash accelerator. That's the group program or slash transformation. That's the one-on-one program. And I'll and, make sure we, we include a link in the uh, show yes. notes so they can get there easily. And I encourage everyone to uh, just book a call with me. Uh, I offer 30 minutes application calls. So you can even get it directly frenchfrency.net slash call. I do recommend visiting the website a bit so you know what it's about. Uh, but you, you can always uh, book a call with me and just talk to me directly, which is what is your project, why you are learning French. Uh, so we look uh, for the best option for you. So, yeah, well, I'm available. Okay. Now, when, when I had to duck out to take care of the cat, Neo, did you get your questions answered? I know you got some answered in there, but did you have more hanging on? You know what? I, I just one more. Uh, and I, asked some, I haven't asked people this in a while, but I started asking it in New York. If you had any advice or a 17-year-old version of yourself, the guy uh, who took the 1-800-dentist to uh, a billion-dollar company, and then it went under because, uh, you know, Google did something. I don't know. I don't know the whole story, but, uh, you know, I, I, he brought that out of me. And now I'm starting asking that again. Uh, you got anything for that version of you? 17-year-old. So that's high school. Uh, let me Let me try to think back. Let's graduate. There's no job. You ain't got no job or nothing. What are you going to do with your life? 
I've never been asked this question. I've been asked like, you know, <laughs> give advice to like when you first started your business or five years ago or right. man, that's 20 years ago. Write a letter to yourself right now. You got two sentences. What we're we're stretching you is what we're doing. We're stretching you. But the, I mean, the world was completely different. If I were to write a letter to my 17 year old self that I really want that person to receive, I'll have to like, first I'll have to tell myself that uh, the world is going to change completely, that I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to do because everything will be different. And I have absolutely no clue about how different it's going to be. That uh, in many ways, it's going to be very hard, uh, but I will always find a way to recover. And, and the, the creative solutions that I found can never be, uh, can never be anticipated. So no matter how tough it gets, you will always find a way. That's a great message to send to yourself. Well, I never asked you this yeah, question. That's probably the best way that I can answer this question is that, yes, there will be a lot of tough situations, but I will always find a way to come out on top. And I'm extremely resilient, even if sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, too many things have changed in 20 years. Like you have no idea. I mean, you probably have an idea because you're over 20 years old. So you've seen the world change as well, right? But man, I mean, I wouldn't know where to start if I had to tell about all of the changes. But yeah, like life will throw so many curveballs at you. But somehow, age 37, still alive, not planning on dying anytime soon. You know, it's okay. And yeah. Well, before you give me your answer, it's funny. When people reverse the question back at me, mm-hmm. I can't think of anything more or better to say than what's written on the shirt I wear every freaking day. Thoughts become things, things, man. Stay focused. You know, like that kind of, for me, encompasses anything that could ever happen to you, good or bad, you know? Um, So that's me. What about you, Walt? This is actually an easy one for me. And the reason it's easy is when I was in high school, and I've mentioned this a number of times before here on the podcast, I was very, very introverted, very, very shy. You wouldn't know it from me doing the show today, but man, I I disappeared into the wallpaper. That's the kind of person that I was. And so I know the best message I could have given to my 17-year-old self is develop your social connections. It is the one thing that everyone needs. Um, and I'll tell you, Angel, uh, about a study that Sean Aker, who's one of the leaders in the positive psychology movement, did. Because um, I, I try to tell this to everybody, but he did a study at Harvard um, dealing with all these overstressed, overworked Harvard students, trying to find a way to help them understand what it's going to take for them to succeed in life. He was trying to find, what can I find in a person, in their background, in their experience or whatever, that correlates to this is what's going to help them succeed. He put together a, over a 100-question survey and none of them correlated except for the very last question that he kind of threw in as an afterthought. And the question that he mm-hmm. threw in as an afterthought was about social connectedness. And he discovered that the correlation between social connectedness and success was accurately predictive 70% of the time. And as a, uh, right. a, a sort of a way to compare it, the correlation between smoking cigarettes and getting cancer is 44%. So this is very, very highly correlative. If, if I had known that at age 17, I would have been terrified because I was so shy, but I also right. have been focused on, wow, I got to build up my social network because mm-hmm. I now would have understood how important that was. So that's why that's an easy one for me. How long ago <laughs> was that statistic? The statistic, uh, I, I, he didn't say when he did the study. I know that he was at Harvard in the early 2000s. So it's going to be somewhere in that range. If that was before social media, which it was, that thing has shot up. That number has shot up significantly. Oh, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. Um, But the the, the thing that bugs me about it, you can't find that study anywhere. The only reason Mm -hmm. I know about it is he published his book called The Happiness Advantage, and he did a book tour. And as part of his book tour, he appeared on um, public television. And they recorded it. You can actually get a DVD of the recording. It's not in his book at all. When you go through the recording, it, it's not part of, of anything that he does. During, hi there. It's not, it's not part of any, anything that he does during the presentation knows, of the book. 
He knows when it's five o'clock. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I could tell, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's not part of any of that stuff. It's an afterthought. It's like a little after uh, session that he does with the audience where he tells about the study. And he's never talked about it before or since, as far as I can tell. To me, this is like the most important study that's been done in the last 50 years, and no one knows about it. Mm-hmm. It's like a leg up it from, is. High, from high school. If you know that if this you know? is you back paycheck-wise or, or just anything. Yeah. 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 If you know that that's going to make all the difference, that that's going to be, or, or at least 70% of the difference, man. Right. And, and, and I, I always like to advocate, too, it's the combination of your social connectedness and your personal self-confidence. That combination is what controls your success with anything. And there's nothing mm-hmm. like building self-confidence by building your social network. Right. So it, it actually fuels sense. itself. Yeah. Outside of athletes, two of the most successful people I know from Tampa, no college degree. They mm-hmm. just got gifted gab. Everybody, right. everybody loves talking with them. And that has propelled them to where they are today. So, right. Yeah, they need to emphasize that. Definitely, because my son's an introvert and he's experiencing like probably the same some of the same things you were going through. He just graduated mm-hmm. high school, and uh, he's 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 coming out of his shell now, working at Amazon. But still, that's just to his coworkers. He needs to be able to go to a networking event like me and capture the whole daggone room without speaking to everybody. Well, he probably if he's the introvert like I was, that's probably too many steps out. What he needs to do right now is learn to develop one friendship and then a second friendship, just one at a time. Just, you know, build, because right now his social network is probably fairly small. Mm-hmm. So instead of trying to hit the home run, just try to get on base. Just just try to, to get something started and, and develop. Because the one thing that most social introverts are good at is once they've got something started, they can usually develop it. It's getting it started that's the hard part. Yeah. And that's, you know, yeah. that's very accurate. I never heard anyone put it like that. That's accurate. Very yeah. Accurate. Yeah. So, so the key is just find one to start, see if you can get it started, and then you know how to develop it. So go ahead and develop it and then go do another one. One at a time. Yeah, that's pretty much one how I did it. Cause yeah. I'm a really, I'm a really big introvert myself. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So same thing. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That's the secret. Hey, Angel, this has been a great conversation. Thank you it for was. joining us. Thank you for telling us about, I love Thank the fact you that you're doing me. one-on-one coaching to teach a language. Cause you're right. Yes. That isn't something that you hear about. I, I can't remember any time uh, running into somebody who does that. I made it up. I literally, I mean, no one was <laughs> doing fabulous. it before me. I just came up with, that was like, okay, these two things go together. It has to be done this way. I think it's the best way to learn. I really yeah. do. I, I, I mean, I, I don't really, it's a simple idea. I don't understand why no one else is doing it. Well, I think I have an idea is that it's extremely difficult to, um, to market it. Mm. Um, because there is nowhere where all the English speakers that need French coaching are gathered. Right. right. And I think a lot of people who start a business start by having a pool of people that they can serve. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's always been the hardest part. That's <laughs> true for any is it to be honest, when I created my business, I knew nothing about business, mm-hmm. like nothing. So I had to create everything, you know, from scratch and like find out the right. missing pieces everywhere. And yeah, so it was created backwards, basically. That's the way all entrepreneurs do it. I mean, is there yeah, anyone who doesn't put, do it that way? You have to put things together. Yeah. Yeah. There's no other way to do it. The only other thing I can think of is what uh, Neo does. He just makes sure his, his mindset's always top notch and that mm-hmm. guides him through the rest of it. But uh, yeah, yep. it's really important. So yeah, once again, thank you for that. And I, I'm going to do something with you that I've made a practice to do with all guests. It definitely applies to you because there are many people, this, despite the fact that you had trouble figuring out how to reach your market, there are still a lot of people you've never there met, you've lot. never seen who, yes. who, who have heard you. They, they, they've heard your message. They, they heard you on a podcast. You know, They read something that you wrote somewhere, something like that. And we never get recognition for how we help those people. So on their behalf, I want to thank you for what you've been doing for what oh, you've been giving thanks. to them and what you're continuing to do, because it's very, very important that, that you and others like you be recognized for the contributions you're making to people you've never seen and you'll never meet. Thank you. I hope I'll get to meet a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just that they're not together in one place, but they're everywhere. So yes, continuing right. the work of reaching them. Yeah. And you, I'm so glad you were able to drop in. Yeah. A little late, but that's okay. You made it. That's the best part. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, you for joining me. Like the, and the shows, well, thank you for to the military and first responders, man. We appreciate you guys. Absolutely true. 
So thank you guys very much. Thank you, live streamers. Thank you to our podcast listeners everywhere. We will see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you.